This is Kristen Hedgecock. And I'm Ash Matson. You're listening to Apta Sophia. Which means useful wisdom in the pursuit of biblical womanhood. Welcome to Apta Sophia. My name's Ash Matson. I'm here with my fellow host, Kristen Hedgecock. Hello. Hey, guys. Um, and we are doing an episode today on the mythical office of pastor's wife <laughs> or elder's wife. Elder's wife. Yes, this unicorn. Well, yes. Um, But before we get to um, the meat of the episode, we're going to do the most important thing we do in any episode, and that is our Would You Rather question for the episode. And our Would You Rather question is, would you rather perpetually live in summer? Would you rather have summer all the time or winter all the time? And this is from our friend Jessica Harvey. Nice. Um, Man, because I love both. Um... I would have to go with summer. Yeah, that's me too. Summer. Yeah. As much as I love winter stuff and maybe if I just lived in a snowy wonderland, maybe I would go winter. But I live in Seattle where it rains all winter. And so I just can't imagine doing that for the rest of my life. I can't imagine... I mean, like, never getting a break from putting on a million layers on each of my individual children. <laughs> it gets better. Like, putting their little tiny fingers that they all squish oh into gosh. one finger of the glove oh into, gosh. like, spreading them out Gloves into all the five. They oh should not make gloves for any child under the age of 10. That has fingers, individual fingers. Yeah. Just mittens. Just mittens. For everybody. Just mittens, 10 and under. Yeah. Or under 10. <clears throat> Awful. Yeah. 17 layers a kid to go out and then they're like, we're cold. <laughs> and we come right back in and unload in the back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just over and over. Yeah. Yeah. I love summer. Send them outside in their underwear and no shoes. Like, they're yeah. okay. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Not no, you're not. <laughs> Modesty. <laughs> Modesty police. Um, yeah. But send them outside or we like live in Crocs. In the summer. Mm-hmm. And the, the one thing I love about the fall and the winter is that my kids just wear rain boots everywhere. Yeah. And no, I don't have to worry about tying anybody's shoes mm-hmm. or they just slip them on. Even winter can put on her little rain boots. Her little and, boots. Mm-hmm. But Crocs are similar and you don't have to worry about socks. That's what I love about the summertime. Yep. Is all my kids Well, we just get- don't worry about, we're not fancy. We don't do yeah. socks most of the time. Well. <laughs> my kids lose them everywhere. I know. Yeah. So we just, <laughs> that's my mantra. It gets None better. of our socks are matching. There's always socks all over the van or socks at people's houses. And yeah, yeah they take them off. They never, ma- like we're getting better, but still at least half of my children have taken off their socks and shoes by the time we get somewhere. In your car? Yeah. Winter usually throws a boot back over her shoulder. She's just like, she doesn't just take them off and put them in front of her. Yeah. She tosses them in multiple directions so that when we get somewhere, we have like, to. Where is it? Yeah. I think Baker and Winter are still the worst. Oh, man. Is they like have that impulse control, like yeah. forgetfulness. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't had kids. I don't think, I don't think, I don't know. Maybe I'm forgetting, but I don't think my kids. For sure, when we would arrive at people's houses, socks and shoes would come off, and we would lose them. Yeah. But usually in the car, they were pretty good about keeping them on. I could be forgetting, and that's probably the case. 
but yeah summer for life yeah i love being warm and not yeah i love being warm i hate being cold yeah but i just love all the fun things you can do with kids that aren't a lot of work you know Mm -hmm. like send them outside and you like you said you don't have to put on 50 outside eat outside yeah just just everything throw food out on my little kids picnic table Mm -hmm. Meet up with friends. Yeah. Yeah. But then wouldn't you not have the winter holidays? No. Like, it wouldn't be like June forever. It would just be Christmas or, yeah. It would just be sunny. We still have Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, it would be sunny, just Christmas, which that would be weird. We live in Washington, too. It would be different if you live somewhere like Arizona where, like, Right. Summer, you can't go outside because you'll die. (laughs) (laughs) And now it's like fall, winter, and they're like living it up. They love their weather. Yeah, I'm actually kind of jealous of some of my friends living in these warmer climates right now. And I'm seeing all their, like, they're going hiking. Now, yeah. Like, I do get the appeal of living in a warmer climate like that. We're really, like, three months out of the year, they can't do anything but be inside in air conditioning. Mm-hmm. But the other nine months out of the year, they're enjoying going out wherever they're going. Whereas here, it's the opposite. Nine months out of the year, we're hibernating and indoors. And then three months out of the year, we're just living it up outside. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I, I definitely vote for summer. Our summers are very mild and wonderful and... Yeah, if I had to pick one. I love that we get all seasons, though. Yeah. I love the feeling of, like, walking into a warm house when it's cold outside. Mm-hmm. I love the snow. Yeah. Yeah. God knew what he was doing. All right. Well, if you'd like to weigh in, go to our Facebook or Instagram. And our Would You Rather question for the next episode is... Let me see. Would you rather be happy and content but not achieve much or never be satisfied but achieve a lot? This is from our friend Talisha. All right. It was very philosophical. Very philosophical. Okay, so let's dive into our episode topic. We might get a little co-hosty baby in here. I can hear her waking up you know. upstairs. I'll have to sleep. Yeah, she's so cute, though. She is. She's so cute. Um, so we're talking about the mythical office of... Elder's wife, pastor's wife. So do we mean that elders do not have wives? No, we don't mean that. Or pastors do do. not have wives, yes. Of course they do. Of course they do. They must. They must. Well. Most, in most cases. In most cases, normatively. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But is there a particular office carved out for them? Is it an office in the church? I don't think so. We don't think so. Yeah, we don't think so. But it is normative for people in the church to believe that pastors' wives and elders' wives are um, an extension of the pastor Mm -hmm. or the elder and need to act that way in the congregation, specifically towards the women in the Mm -hmm. congregation. For free. For free. (laughs) For free. (laughs) It just so happens that you're an elder's wife. Yeah. What is what has your experience been? Um, honestly, I think our church has been super wonderful, wonderful and yes. gracious, and there are zero expectations. Um, <laughs> at least n- nobody's come up to me and being like, "Why aren't you doing this?" Um, 
yeah, there isn't a whole lot of expectations put on me, but I'm also not the main pastor's wife. So maybe Heather might have a different perspective, but to my knowledge, I think um, our pastor does a really great job of like safeguarding his wife and his family and yeah. just communicating that to everybody in a, of course, a nice and gentle way. He's not like weird about it, but yeah. So um, I would say the, the difficult thing, and this is kind of a side tangent, um, but I would say the difficult thing about being um, an elder's wife or a pastor's wife isn't so much of, at least in, in my, in our church and role and whatnot, um, I don't have those expectations, but I think people think I'm in more community or I have more community than I actually do. Um, and uh, I think people assume that I'm involved in everything and over or having people over or I don't know. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. Can you explain what you mean a little bit more? Like, yeah. Do you mean... So I think people think that I am in... Um, that I'm more involved or I'm like have all these friendships and everybody wants to be my friend. Right. When I would say actually the opposite is kind of true um, is I actually be... I think people are afraid to get close to me because they're afraid that I'm going to judge them or think poorly about their parenting or, oh, you know, I see, you yeah. see what I mean? Yeah. So, I'm, so I think um, this is common, not just, you know, I think it's common with pastor's wives to feel a little bit ostracized even within their own church just because, like, people don't want to get too close to the pastor's wife because they might be able to see into their right. family. You can't be as real. Right, like, exactly. Like you would have to mind your P's and Q's around your right. pastor. Right, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And in the same way, there's like this extended. Right, right. yeah. So I would say, but that's, you know, again, I said a little bit more of a side tan tangent. Our, um, our community is really, really great. Our church is really great. And I don't, at least I don't feel that there's any kind of expectation um, of me to like do anything more um, outside of anything I already do, which is just be there for my family, homeschool. You know, for us, it's, you know, for me, it's homeschooling our kids. Nobody's like, how come you aren't doing this ministry or that ministry or anything like that? I don't feel... Right. I've, I've never had any comments like that. Good. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually not surprised. I feel like our, like you said, like Pastor Brant kind of leads with, he sets a very good example. Yeah. Or their family sets a very good example as far as like guarding that time yeah. that they have with each other. I really respect that about them. Absolutely. Yeah. It's encouraged me to do something similar and mm -hmm. not be afraid to say like, hey, we can't be in every small group. Right. Because it's really important that we disciple our children and that they're able to have family dinners and right. regular family worship and those right. sorts of things. So it's really good to see that. Mm -hmm. um, have you, like, had relationships with other pastor's wives or elders? Like, do you have any insight from that? Or 
Do I have relationships with any other Yeah, you know, wives? like, I feel like probably, go, like, with Presbytery and, like, being around yeah. people in leadership more, have you noticed firsthand, like, anything in particular as far as expectations that people feel like they have to meet outside of our church? Um, I think that there is a little bit of an expectation um, so I do have a few friends that are elders' wives in other PCA churches um, or just other churches. And I think, um, again, I think in general the communities are um, really gracious towards their elders and their wives. Um, but I do think that there is a little bit of an expectation of um, an elder's wife or somebody to coordinate things for women or for the women of the church. Right. And not saying that, you know, they can't or they shouldn't. Um, but if, yeah, so I would say that that's probably the one thing that I would say is a common mm -hmm. um, expectation. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Yeah, is, you know. If there's a women's ministry, they should be the ones heading it up. Right, or if, yeah, yeah, I I will get from time to time, and it doesn't happen very often. Um, people will ask me, you know, hey, the women's retreat is coming up. Like, what? Where are we at? And in that, have we booked? And I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know because I don't, I don't plan it. <laughs> yeah. We actually have a few of our ladies. Um, one of them is a deacon's wife, who the last few years has helped us plan or helped plan um, for the church and the ladies. So yeah, um, that would be the only other like real kind of, I guess, expectation or maybe right. like, yeah, I guess expectations the right way to put it. Yeah. Something that they were expecting of me to do. Um, but again, it wasn't like you have to do this. I think they just thought I have planned stuff in the past, so it's not unheard of or out of the realm of possibility for them to like ask me about it but yeah that makes sense um what about like so one one thing that I thought of that I think is valid is that sometimes when women or couples come to the pastor for mm -hmm. marital counseling or anything like that it's yeah. not uncommon for the pastor's wife to be a part of that sure as like a female voice sure have you have you seen that? Have you been a part of that? Or I know it's it happens in our church. Yeah. Um. Not that our pastor's wife is like equally authoritative or anything, sure. but it's just nice to have like that dynamic. Yeah, when I it do comes think they to, do yeah. premarital counseling yes. together. Yeah. Um. I'm not involved in the Scott and I are not involved. Um. In that there are very there have been very few occasions where I've been involved in in um, chatting with ladies. And it's usually, it's not um, a couple thing. I, it's usually one-on-one, -on -one and I'll mm -hmm. have another lady with me. Um, it's, you know, pastor's wife or another um, respected lady in the church with me just confronting sin. Um, like I said, it doesn't, I think it's happened maybe two or three times in the nine years mm -hmm. I think we've been a church 
um, it's certain it's it's not a big role that I play. It only makes in those particular situations, it made sense. Just you know, um, it just made sense for me to be a part of the right. just um, <laughs> rebuking process. I don't know if that's the right word, but yeah, yeah, may, yeah, yeah. repentance process. Yeah, and you're another set of ears and eyes. And the yeah. other thing about that is sometimes when church discipline is happening or um, couples are working through something maritally yeah. with the elders, the woman might need someone to go to who is already privy or is a safe right. a, a safe person right. to be privy to it yes. without it becoming a gossipy situation in right. the church. Yeah. And sometimes with the advice of your pastor or the, I guess, like... The elder involved. The elder involved. Yeah. I think that elders' wives can be a good option for that. Yeah. If they're open to it, if your elder says, yeah, this is a good person to go to. Yeah. Because they're connected to... Mm-hmm. The elder who knows already. So keeping right. that tight circle of people who know what's going on right. so that it doesn't become this church-wide, sure. you know, like yeah. assumption-filled right. gossip fest. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's important to know at least how our church polity functions is, um, like, I think our our pastor's wife might just due to the nature of, like, she plans their schedules so she in general has ideas of families that who need counseling just because obviously her husband is the one counseling the families and she needs to be aware of his availability and stuff like that but um the (laughs) elders wives are not like the junior varsity of elders (laughs) and so we aren't like privy to um situations going on in the church like our husbands are really good about protecting other people's um issues right and so like it's just kind of a standard thing that they don't like after an elders meeting scott doesn't come 100 right. and be like guess what happened in, totally with the matsons or guess right. what happened with the hedgecocks or you know like guess what happened yeah you know it's none of that happens it's which i really appreciate because right that would not be right i first of all it's gossip and i don't need to know right second Absolutely. of all i really love the people that i go to church with and i don't have a poker face <laughs> <laughs> you see the person and be like, oh, like, oh. yeah. Um, yeah. So I appreciate that I don't have to be in the know, that I'm not just this um, JV team of eldership. Right. Where yeah. like I somehow have like <clears throat> rights to know everybody's business in the church. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yes, I think that's a really important point to make because when I was talking about going to an elder's wife, I think it's more of like sometimes women can feel like I really need to work through this with another woman, mm-hmm. especially if it's a marital issue. Right. And I f- often it seems that the elder's wife could be the best option. Yeah. Because they have that tight circle. And she's a, there's this accountability there where sure your elders are safe people to tell because yeah. for them to go and tell other people in the congregation, especially in a Presbyterian church government— Mm-hmm. they could get in big trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is good. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I totally, yeah. Yeah. No, what so you were saying. So that's great. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad you said that. 
<clears throat> That's perfect. I'm glad we worked through that. I think that I really appreciate the way that our church functions yeah. in regards to that. So thank you for sharing your side of things. Yeah. Um, you know, I've noticed that where it seems to come from, especially online, mm-hmm. is women who are about to become pastor's wives mm-hmm. or are new pastor's wives who are asking other pastor's wives, what is my role? Mm-hmm. How do I... F- and and it's almost like they feel like they are an extension of their husband. Right. And that not only is that the expectation of other people, but that's the expectation of themselves. Of themselves, yeah. And... And it, I don't know. I feel like I've I've felt some pushback when people say, "No, you're not. You're just a wife, but right. your focus is to be your family, mm-hmm. your husband, your right. children." I mean, I feel like so much more. It, it probably, and I am not. I'm not a part of this scenario as far as this is not my dynamic in my family, but. Thinking about all that elders are called to and all that pastors are called to and how much that requires of them as far as like going outside of their own family to counsel other people and know what's going on with other people and mm-hmm. be accountable for other people. How much is that and how much more yeah. do those men need wives who are there managing the home managing well the home. so that their home is a place of peace and rest. Right. And not just another um, source of like here you now we have all these other things that we need to do and attend to and do this and do that and like if yeah if the husband if the pastor is going out attending to all these things and the wife is going out being the church office assistant um, as you know history as um, you know dictates. Then who's at home managing the children? And I think that's how we get like a lot of um, the pastor kid, you know, the PKs having the reputation that they have is because who's raising these children? And um, in a sense, the wife, the pastor's wife is an extension of her husband in their own little church at home, Mm -hmm. right? Like, um, you know, she has a role there. Right. She has her calling there. And uh, the best way I think an elder's wife can support her husband and their ministry is not being his secretary, but just being a good, faithful, productive wife at home, faithfully raising their children and, um, you know, and fulfilling her calling in that. Yeah. 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 I just, I can't imagine if, Ryan was like, and you have to help me with my, whatever Ryan does. I don't know. You have to help me go do this because you're an extension of me. Like nowhere else in any other um, job is that even a, a criteria. Or even like, I was thinking more like if Ryan, if I was in that, um, situation where Ryan was responsible for other families mm-hmm. and was going to give an account for the families in the congregation, shepherding them, yeah. protecting them, making sure the husbands of those families are leading well, 
like mm-hmm. looking for potential issues because you don't want to just be waiting to put out fires later when everybody's families are falling apart because of right. things you didn't, you know. Right. Like, I have no envy. Like, women who are like, I want to be a pastor. I'm like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> I do. There's a reason they're worthy of double honor. Like, yeah, it's, I do not envy them. Right. I, I very much respect them for it. So I'm like, and if he couldn't tell me, because you're right, like, you know, unless it's a, it's that specific scenario we were talking about, he, he wouldn't be bringing home everybody's dirt to me. So I mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to share in that with him. Right. Like, what a, what a crazy dynamic that would be. Mm-hmm. And how much more important would it be to, like, try to have that connection and, like, be ministering to my husband mm-hmm. and doing everything I can to... Kind of like I just, that's just so much pressure on a family. Yeah, especially when, and and I mean the um, elders are, I mean the expectation is that by and large, as a normative thing, you are faithfully discipling your children in such a way that as a normative thing, we should expect that your children will remain in the faith and not apostatize. Yeah, or you could lose your position. Yeah. You have to manage your own home well on top of and alongside all of that. All other families, yeah. That's nuts to me. Mm-hmm. No thanks. Yeah. Thank you, Kristen. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Brant. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, yeah, I just, man, it's so much. But I also feel like, I don't know, if there's like this, if there's this temptation, we love this lady pastor idea mm-hmm. just across the board. Yeah. We, we make Titus 2 into a commission for lady pastors. Yeah. We say, well, women can't teach men, but they can be lady pastors to just gen- generally children and other women, mm-hmm. like, you know, mm-hmm. um, and having that role of just general doctrinal training, just like a right. pastor does. An and, office. Mm-hmm. An office. And, um, and I feel like there could be that element to it also in, you know, becoming a pastor's wife and feeling like, well, I am kind of that to other people now. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, that temptation to want that in some way because, mm-hmm. I, why, you know, I don't, I understand, you yeah. know? I think we all kind of feel that in some way, like mm-hmm. wanting to be that mentor, wanting to be that go-to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels good. It feels good. Yeah, it scratches yeah. an itch. Totally. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it sure. is, it could be kind of a backdoor for yeah. that. Yeah. In a way that is like a little more, acceptable in our circles you know mm-hmm. um but it's not biblical right yeah um the other thing I was thinking about is like in re- reference to Titus 2 so I don't think that you and I really believe that in order so Titus 2 um the commission given to older women in Titus 2 is to aged women it's pretty clear mm-hmm. but I don't believe that that means that until you're an aged woman and all of your children are grown and out of the home, you don't have a responsibility to be teaching women who are younger, less experienced, all of that, to love their husbands and their children, to do what's, you know, right. to do what's good. Right. That is what you should be doing with your time when you're in that position as an aged woman mm-hmm. whose children are out of the home. And you could just be a busy body. No, you shouldn't be. You should be busying yourself with this instead. But 
to me, like you are a mentor to me because your children are older and you're like, and you know, um, your oldest is about as old as my, your youngest is about as old as my oldest mm-hmm. or about Gatsby's age. Yeah. Um, so you're not too far ahead of me, but you're ahead enough mm-hmm. where you're able to mentor me and counsel me and say, no, this is what I went through and that sort of thing. Yeah. So that's all to say. Um, it's possible for a pastor's wife to be in that Titus two position, mm-hmm. but depending on where she's at in raising her children, she could not be. Right. She could ju- she could be newly married. Right. She could be a new mother. Mm-hmm. She could be very much in need of that mentorship from another older woman in the church. Right. Um, yeah, that's a really good point that you mentioned is like, yeah, the commission is, it doesn't say like <laughs> elders' wives teach young women to love right. their husbands and love their children. It says older women. And yeah, she might be in a season where she needs to be ministered to. Right. Not in a, a formal role or commissioned sense, but um, just, I don't know where you put it. <laughs> yeah, my binky. binky. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I thought it rolled. It's not over there. It's okay. I'll find um, it. But, but yeah, that she might be in a season where, yeah, she needs, she needs ministering. She needs encouragement. Um, she needs mentorship and that she isn't that woman yet yeah. to um, younger moms and younger wives. Yeah. Because she's in that same peer group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of think about the commission given in Titus 2 in the same way that I think about the way that elders' wives and deacons' wives are the type of behavior they're called to. Mm-hmm. It's not that they alone are to be sure. doing that, but that is definitely a requirement. Yeah. For where they're at. Yeah. Especially because of how their behavior impacts their husband and his um, qualification for office. Right. Yeah. Because if your wife is off, like, right. drunken and right. shouting people an ac- down, you're yeah. out of office. Well, and isn't it, it's not an accident that the verses before the commission have the qualifications of what the old, the conduct of the older woman, and they happen to mirror what the qualifications of an elder's wife mm-hmm. and a uh, deacon's. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. That's not accident, people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. So in the same way, like the things that the elders' wives are called to, they are the duties of every woman in the congregation. Yes. We are all to behave that way. Right. It's not like they are to be more holy than everyone else. We are right. all called to the same standard of holiness. Yes. But because of the position they're in and the implications on their husband's qualification for office, if they go wayward. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They need to be, like, he needs to be managing his home. They need to be yeah, functioning as a proper Christian household. Yeah. Um, where was I going with that? <laughs> it's the fourth episode. <laughs> I'm losing it. Um, oh, I was, I just wanted to say, like, the, du- the, the duty of the, um, the elder's wife or the pastor's wife to the rest of the congregation is the same duty no different, yeah. as ev- any other woman in the congregation. Yeah. I don't believe that she has to be friends with everybody. Mm-hmm. I don't believe she has to know every single person's name. I don't think she has to say hi to everyone every Sunday. I That's another thing I think that's common that I see a lot is like, 
being upset that your pastor's wife is giving you the cold shoulder or that you're trying to be her friend, Mm -hmm. um, but she doesn't reciprocate. Right. You can't demand that anybody else in the congregation be a friend to you. Right. Um, It doesn't matter who their husband is. Yeah. I like that. um, I forget what Pastor Brandt preached on. Um, I think it was one of his first John, like it was a, rec- a recent sermon in, when he was talking about hospitality. And sometimes hospitality, when somebody is showing hospitality, it means that they're not being hospitable towards you in the sense that um, like you showing, like we are finite beings and you right. showing hospitality towards one person or group of people means that another group of people isn't going to get that. Like, that we we have limited resources right. and limited time, and we're finite beings. And so we can't be everything to everybody at all, all times. And I think we need to recognize, um, especially, you know, um, people in leadership um, and, like, have, have that, um, have that, limitation as we all do like we all have that limitation of um when when um we are are you checking to make sure that's still going (laughs) i hope so uh yeah when we are i think particularly our pastor and his wife like when they are in a heavy like counseling season and um like they they have to be very extra protective of their family time. So yeah, it it does mean at times, and I know like we've had to go through this too, where we can't we can't go to you know every small group to your point, or we can't even be a part of a small group for a season because there's so many other ministerial things that we are doing and involving ourselves in the church that to go to another small group would mean that we have absolutely no family time together or we have absolutely no rest together. Um, and I think this is where like a lot of pastoral families tend to go off and go awry is that they will put the ministry of the church ahead of any kind of family time, discipleship, all that kind of stuff for the sake of the church. And then they end up losing the heart of the family right. in the process to like save the few in the church. And it just is not the way that God has called the pastors and elders to run their, their households is they have to run their family well first. And then out of that overflow, run a church. Right. Yeah. I think, um, if anything, if we are going to say, you know, like the pastor's wife needs to be treated in a unique way. Um, and again, this is, I'm like going to be convicting myself here. I feel like we should be supporting her yeah, in a unique way. Yeah. In a way, because, because her husband's calling mm-hmm. and serving the church body is so lofty. And so demanding Mm -hmm. and the implications of him not managing his household well and Mm -hmm. having things go sideways is so massive. Right. We should be working together to support that family unit. Yeah. And not put any additional pressures on beyond Mm -hmm. what is already there. I mean, yeah, I think we all kind of have this, like, I think we were talking about it in our sick episode 
where we kind of think we're like the only person in the room. Right. You know, so mm-hmm. when we go, we're like, oh, our pastor needs to help with this. Our pastor needs to right. help with that. Why is our pastor not here? Why is he not responding? Right. Why? I have a question. I have a theological question. I have a question mm-hmm. about this pastor. So I'm like, think about all the families and all the people mm-hmm. in the church and all the things you don't even know are going on. Right. All of the family issues, marital issues, things that they can't say anything about, you would never know that are going on behind closed doors mm-hmm. and how pulled in every direction they would be. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm so surprised Pastor Brant responds to some of the things <laughs> that we said. I'm like, some like yeah. when we asked him the question about forgiveness mm-hmm. and he didn't respond for a while, I was like, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> like, you busy. know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, he might have not gotten to it and that's yeah. okay. Like, yeah. you know, um, and then because because he's so like generous, he, you know, ended up like preaching a sermon and writing a whole article and granted he he was wise and stretched it yeah because he wrote an article for another blog and posted Mm -hmm. it online and he made sure that it applied to the congregation and so I feel like that is just another you know um another sign of how awesome Pastor Brandon is come to Trinitas everybody and um (laughs) move to Seattle please move to Seattle (laughs) come to Trinitas that's not so bad um because he was wise about it and he didn't just respond to us and let that work be he stretched it. Right. Very good. Yeah. You're welcome, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, yeah. Um, and so, man, I feel like we should just really be thinking about um, all that's on our pastor's shoulders and all that would put on his family and our elders and see how we can support them. Yeah. So there you go, Ash. Why don't you go do that <laughs> a little bit better than you have? I love you, Heather. <laughs> love you, Kristen. <laughs> Love you, Maki. Uh, Love you, Mariah. That's right. Love you, Jackie. <laughs> Am I forgetting anybody? Uh, well, Tony and Jackie are, or Tony's a deacons. deacons. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking Jackie more because of... Um, she plans our women's. She does so many women's. She really does. She's awesome. So does Kiri. We have so many wonderful people in our church. Mm-hmm. Just come to Trinitas, guys. Yeah. If you're here. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Don't go to Moscow. <laughs> yeah. Come we're, come we're, over here. We're hip. Let's start it over we here. We better coffee. Yeah, but yes, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. So, guys, go love God, go love husbands, your husband, not just any husband. Go love just general husbands. husbands. Go love your husband. Go love your kids. Yeah. Oh, Marilyn, Tom and Marilyn. Marilyn. Yeah, I knew that. Thank you, Marilyn. (laughs) Sorry, I'm like elders. No, we have. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we got all of the people. Yep. Got y'all. I love y'all. If I didn't say you, sorry. (laughs) I'm going to make you dinner. Okay, bye.